As of last night, I learned of the case of Atiana Jefferson, an unarmed black woman killed by a police officer in the comfort of her own home. It wasn't too long ago we were all in uproar of the outcome of the Amber Geyers case, an ex-police officer that murdered both him, John, in the comfort of his home. Like, honestly, what are the odds in that? And when I hear cases like these, it puts me back into remembrance of Philandra Castile, Mike Brown, Sandra Bland, Alton Sterling, and too many others to name. And in all of these cases, the justice system failed us terribly. And sadly, this is expected when the country that we live in was not built and governed for black people. In fact, it was made to oppress, oppress the black community. So what do we do? In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the impact of racial injustices it has on our mental health and how we can begin to heal from racial injustices. Let's get healed, y'all. Hey everyone, and welcome to the How's Your Mental Podcast. It is your girl, Janelle Zene, the vessel behind the brand. The How's Your Mental Podcast is designed to bring forth weekly mental health conversation while invoking thoughts to you, the listener. This show is made for the Black community and efforts of eradicating the stigma that is associated with mental health in our community. And also to ensure that you all get the resources and skills you need to start your healing journey. Let's get healed, y'all. Hello, family, and welcome back to episode number seven of the How's Your Mental Podcast. And like any other episode, we are getting to the root of our adversities. But before we do, let's check on my mental. So how is my mental, y'all? Ooh, child. (laughs) So despite, okay, so despite everything that is going on in the world as far as all this tension that is surrounding um, the Amber Geyer's case and now the um, now the case of Atiana um, Jefferson. Um, despite that, I am truly in a good space. Um, and I started my week off really right. Um, when I was in church on Sunday, like I was feeling like a little off. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Like I was feeling off, um, because like my circumstance, um, I already told y'all what my circumstance, uh, what my circumstances are. And I really felt it kind of weighing down on me. Like I really feel like every Sunday or cause when it's when it turns Sunday, then it's Monday, and then I'm already thinking about Tuesday, and I go to school on Tuesday, so I'm thinking about oh my goodness, like how I'm gonna get to school, blah 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 blah, like it's a lot <laughs> because I told y'all like as I'm currently right now, I'm currently not working um because I am trying to finish my dag on finish my dag on degree like trying to hurry up and try to get my degree and so in the process of doing that I have to complete my internship and my internship is basically like a full-time job like it takes up the majority of my of my time and so right now I'm trying to find a job that works um that works with my schedule because my previous job was not um as flexible with um, my schedule but that is a risk that I that I knew um that I was gonna have to kind of 
take um, when the situation presented itself. So the situation presented itself. And honestly, like there has, I have honestly, like I had more good days than, you know, bad days. But yesterday, y'all, like and when I was in church, like it was really kind of weighing down on me. Like, however, God gave me what I needed in that very moment, in that very environment and how to start my week off and the word that my pastor delivered the topic was waiting um the waiting season and I'm like oh baby like you are talking to me so honestly like listening to that word honestly gave me some encouragement to kind of get forth through the week and honestly like I have to stop worrying about the next day worry about today because today have enough worries of its own so i'm only focusing on today i'm focusing on the present um the present moment and honestly y'all i'm good like as of as of this moment right now your girl is good my mental is really is really good so y'all can let me know how your mental is by sliding in my dms please let me know y'all because i am invested into you all like i love y'all y'all like family to me at this point so let me know how your mental is by sliding in my dms um any time of the day just let me know but hey girl like i had all this on my mind and i'm like okay cool like you know just let me know like i love interacting with you or or you all could simply just pay attention to my insta stories and um let me know in the um insta stories so yes let's move on to today's topic all right you guys so it seems like every other week we are dealing with something in the black community as far um, as it relates to uh, the senseless killings of white, I mean, excuse me, the, the senseless killings of black people um, by white America. And honestly, enough is enough. And more honestly, right? Um, if that even makes sense, this is nothing new, right? This is nothing new. Stuff like this has been going on before I was even born. We could even go far, far back as Emmett Till, and we can't even take it a step for, further back that black people are, are always dying at the hands of white, of white America and justice is not being served. And as I said, um, stated in my opening, um, statement that this is nothing new, like this is nothing new and what can we expect where the country that we are currently living the rules the law the declaration of independence all that nonsense i'm not even gonna say nonsense so excuse me but all of that was not created with black people in mind it was not created with people of color in mind it, in fact it was created to oppress us you could look at the bill of rights you could look at all of these things because if that was the case um spaces like the civil rights movement uh would not be here in existence if 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 the law if the country that we were if the country that we currently live in was created with us in mind but no it wasn't so that's why we have that's why we have had and still have you know civil rights um a bunch of civil rights organization we have a lot of people advocating for for justice of uh, people of color like a lot of those things exist because there is not 
um accountability being taken taken place um uh, when it comes to um you know black America and us always receiving the short end of a stick and honestly this has always been a problem and I started the when I started to realize that wow being black sometimes can really hurt it was when I was in college and I guess you could say when I was in college like that was when I became quote-unquote like woke well I shouldn't even say woke but I became more aware aware of what um was going on um around me so that was I think when I was in college I think the um, Sandra Bland case had happened the situation had happened uh Alton Sterling Philandra Castile um Mike Brown. I think I'm missing a few others. And I also think when I was in college, I watched um what I watch. I watched um Fruitville Station with um uh, uh Fruitville Station and it was about Asa Grant and how he was I think he was killed on um New Year's Day or New Year New Year's Eve um night. Yeah, New Year's Eve. And so um watching like you know watching and learning of those situations and then like even more so recently learning about uh Khalif um about Khalif Brown excuse me I'm, if I'm messing up his name but learning about Khalif and how he was just he was sentenced he was a minor basically sentenced to Rikers Island and like he killed himself like oh my goodness like it leave it, it left an imprint on me it left an imprint on my mental health and an unhealthy one at that. I started to become desensitized when I kept on learning a, a situation like this. At first, initially, like, I would become so mad, so livid, so enraged. Like, I, I don't remember, like, the first case I learned of, but I became so, I remember being so angry and wanted to do something about it. Like, I wanted to fight. I wanted to not, like, like throw my hands, like, throw my hands up and, like, really fight. But I really wanted to be proactive and making sure that justice was being served. And then I remember joining, like in college, I remember joining SNCC, um, Student Nonviolent um, Coordinating um, Committee and um, at Shaw University. And I remember being a part, a part of that. And we were all um, trying to raise awareness of various um, situations of black people, um, you know, not being treated equally so we I was very hands-on um as far as that piece and just even just my own understanding of, of me wanting to learn more about why these situations are occurring and the more that I started to learn of the situation and why they are occurring and why people are not um, being held accountable for for murder the more I became angry and then the more I started to develop a sense of hopelessness uh, when it came to our justice system. And I know that definitely impacted my mental health. And I know that there are many others who are like me. And I'm pretty sure many of you who are listening to this episode that identify with that feeling, that feeling of like, you feel hopeless when it comes to these cases because you already know what the verdict is going to be or you started to you start to develop some sort of um 
a mistrust um to public of uh to I'm about to say public uh, fi- figures, but to public um to police officers, you start to develop a mistrust. You start to become re- resent resent um resentful towards white America. Like for me personally, like I started to question like really questioned to the point that it became a little bit unhealthy and I find myself now when I'm in the profession in my profession or even like at my past job like I started to really question white profession white professions um intentions when it came to when it came to um how they interacted and how they saw um black how they sold their black clients now the environment that I used to work in I was um primarily like I was primarily like a direct care worker um but I honestly yeah I really felt like a therapist because they had me running groups and stuff but nonetheless like I worked very closely with the therapist and um I sat in meetings with the with all the clinicians and um the um psychiatrists and all that jazz and the majority of the the professionals in the room um who were who were doing the therapy were white people <laughs> and so every time they brought up a situation about um the their clients and the majority of the children that we we were serving well yeah I was serving um were black and so I were I was always questioning their intentions and even very much so now even at my internship like I'm questioning you know how certain people and in in their respective role are um working with black students and how they are perceiving them and how they are judging them like that is just how I'm thinking and to the point where it's kind of like have me at a place where it's like a little iffy like I'm questioning everything too much that I don't even it's like a, a like a extreme distrust that I have it's something that I'm currently kind of working through and like I know and this like I know on the flip side that all white people are not distrustful like I could trust some white people out there like I know this but just giving the climate that we live in and that you know our ancestors came from and just with this yes with this heightened knowledge of you know this epidemic of black people dying at the hands at the hands of white america whether even if it's not a white police officer uh when it's um what's what what was his name dylan thompson i believe his name was the one that killed the individuals in the church like when it comes to situation like those like white um white terrorists in america something that you know our president um donald trump he's not calling out calling it out for what it is white terrorists that when situation like that occur it's like my distrust and my anxiety when i encounter encounter like white um wow this is my first time hold up y'all like this is i'm really proud of myself i told y'all in the beginning like this podcast is really it's going to be therapeutic for me because like i love talking about things like this and i love having to be able to kind of process 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 um various situations um especially that impacts me and impacts me as a black person <laughs> and so this is something that um uh, this topic is something that I always wanted to talk about and I have processed it in my journal but I never really um talked about it out loud like this but yes 
this I'm starting to realize that I have excuse me, I burp, that I have a sense of distrust when it comes to white America, even though I know that all white people are not bad. And so when I started to be in certain spaces, when we, when, uh, when I were, when I was, and even now in certain spaces, when we are talking about, you know, white America and the distrust that black people have, like I started to realize that I am not the only person who feel this way. And I started to realize even now the impact that it has on my mental, that it has on my mental health. And so today's um, topic and what we are going to be digging into is, first of all, the impact of racial injustices um, on our on our mental health. From the heightened awareness and exposure to racial injustice, it is directly and indirectly impacting our mental well-being. And for instance, for many Black people, we live in a constant state of worry and hypervigilance, um, especially those who are parents, because we have to have the conversation with our sons, you know, on how to conduct himself, you know, in America, in white America, I like to say, honestly, how we could, how can they start conducting themselves in white America and how they can easily be portrayed as a thug. Just like how Trayvon Martin was being portrayed portrayed as in when George Zimmerman murdered him. And the only thing Trayvon Martin had on him was his hoodie up and had some Skittles in his pocket. And so having those type of conversations with our children and also how sometimes, you know, as as girls, women, women and girls that we have to kind of toe down our assertiveness because our assertiveness assertiveness can be taken as being aggressive, can be taken as being angry, just like in the case of Sandra Bland, she was taken as being hostile. And we all know where she's at right now. She's no longer with us today. And so all of this racial injustices really negatively kind of in and in an unhealthy way dictates of how we navigate the world and how we sometimes see the world. And when I was in certain spaces, you know, having these conversations, many, many of the people in in those spaces really had this negative view on, um, to some would be a negative view. Because for me, I understand why they see the world that they see the, that the lens that they see the world in because, what happened to them was a uh, what is happening to them is a direct re- result of the color of their skin, and so um, how we dictate the world, how how racial injustice impact is impacting our mental health is simply the way we are operating the world and how we are raising our children, how we are you know making sure that we are always on point, um, because we could easily be mistaken for something that we are are not and all of how you know all of this in itself is really anxiety provoking and if you witness racial injustice you know a police officer killing um killing black people it's not only you know ptsd um in my opinion right i believe you know the more that black people are dying at the hands of 
of white police officers, of police officers, white America, like, the more that this is happening, the more distrust that we are, that we have towards these, um, authority figures, um, and the reason why I'm saying this is that there are a lot of children that I service that, or I used to service at my, at my previous job that were diagnosed with ODD, right, and the conversations that would be had, like, this child don't listen to nobody in charge, like, how can a child listen to someone that's in charge, or how can we really expect and put a lot of pressure on children to listen to authority figures when authority figures that was supposed to protect and serve them, you know, kill killed their fathers, killed their mothers, you know, took them away. Like, justice was not served. For example, in the case of Ferlinger Castile, um, his daughter was in the back seat of the vehicle. She was in the back seat when the police officer killed, you know, when the police officer killed, killed her father. And yes, that is really traumatic witnessing that, but also how does that kind of dictate how she views authority figures? Let's let that, let's sit and kind of think and marinate, marinate on that. And so really, and truly, and honestly, that all of this is very damaging to our mental health and it's a lot to to kind of unpack because it impacts us on different angles on different levels you know in different situations and i'm not going to sit here and trying to um cover it all because it's really a lot and how and though we all feel the same pain, the way we respond and the way we react to racial injustice very much so different. So though one person may um be experiencing um you know anxiety around the situation, another person could really um don't have don't want nothing to do with any type of authority figure and actually is oppositional to any person in charge because you know the person people in charge supposed to protect and the people in charge supposed to protect and serve us and from my experience people in charge they don't protect nor, nor nor serve us and so this is how racial injustice impacts our mental health it really impacts how we kind of navigate this world believe hope is still alive and though that the criminal justice system continue to fail us i believe there is hope not hope that we are going to get justice served hope that we could heal from racial injustices and i believe that we are currently many of us are currently in a space where we are really really upset with what is going on and and to the point where sometimes we are resentful and i understand it I I validate your feelings, but that is a space that we cannot, we can't stay too long in. And so I'm going to offer you all three tips on how we can all begin the process of healing from racial injustices. So tip number one, find a space or create a space to talk about your feelings, to talk about some of the thoughts that you have on your mind and make sure that in this space, in this um, environment that you are in, that your feelings are being acknowledged and validated. 
what I found, um, I was on Instagram the other day. And matter of fact, I'm not going to use that as an example. But what I found um, out that I would be in certain environments and, you know, sometimes they're, particularly in class last semester, and we were kind of have these heartfelt conversations or have these heartfelt discussions and where race would be brought up and racial injustices would be brought up. And a professor said to us, said to the class that, you know, what did she say exactly? I want to make sure I get it right. She said that, you know, white people, essentially, you know, white people go through stuff too. It's not just, it's not just black people. And in that moment, I really felt invalidated. Like I felt like everything that we talked about in this classroom, everything, the conversation that we held, like she just did not get it. Like she did not respect or couldn't even understand um, why we were so passionate about certain things, about certain topics as it relates to just racial injustices and how she was trying to justify that, yes, black people go through stuff, but also white people too. And when she said that, I kind of shut down in the classroom like, I did not care about my grade in that class. I was not eager going to that class because I knew that the person in front of me was not um receptive of the was not receptive of the lens of how I viewed the world and and so I think it's very important that we know everybody is not going to agree with us right uh I don't think every every black person don't agree with one another. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't agree with every black person. But I really think it's so important that you find a space where you feel safe enough to have these conversations about racial injustices that you and the other person or the people that are in the environment that you are having these um, discussions with are all on one accord because you want to feel validated in the experiences that you are having because oftentimes when I found myself, you know, in this situation, I found myself becoming like, I don't want to say combative, but I found myself to be very, very like argumentative and I left the conversation not feeling good or not feeling her. So be in, be in community, create or find a space to discuss how you are feeling that people, people that understand what you are going through. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, two is turn off the news, okay? Whether if you're getting the news from Twitter, whether if you're getting the news from Instagram, CNN, turn or your local news channel, turn off the news. Because I, I can tell y'all right now, like I love watching CNN and I love, um, I'm not gonna say I love, but I love seeing, I love hearing people, um, I love I love hearing people um different view, different perspective or different things that are going on when it comes to particular cases that are surrounding racial injustices and I will read different comments on their like you know like different various um blog page on Instagram and see what people are saying because it, it's kind of like putting me in a space of like kind of understanding the other side of uh, the other side of the situation but also like in return like my mental was definitely being impacted because though I was learning I was also becoming um really enraged um of what is going on and it's so important that we turn off the news because it's it becomes dangerous 
where we see the same thing over and over again and we start to become desensitized to these situations like we already start to predict the outcome of what is going of what is going to happen that is a very dangerous place in my opinion a very a very dangerous place to be in because you start to uh what i what i experience you start to develop a sense of hopelessness that it is what it is and that's that's that and so really turn off the news and really remove yourself from spaces or you know from spaces that are constantly um, talking about the various racial injustices because you don't want to become too um, consumed with what is going on to the point that, you know, when the verdict comes out, you're like, oh, like, now you're angry, but when it constantly when it constantly happening back to back, uh, you're getting the outcome that you don't that you know is not justice. You start to become um, hopeless in in the process, and that's what I started to become. Um, when I was in college and I was learning all learning of all these cases that were happening, and there were there came a point in time where I literally became like hopeless, like you know it is what it is, and like seeing all these things on social media, hearing what people are saying, watching the people on CNN, you know some of these white politicians politicians saying nonsense out the side of their neck. It, 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 it made me angry, but I also developed a sense of hopelessness. And that is not a space that you want to be in because hopelessness also leads to depression. And so that is something to be mindful of. Turn off the news. Take a break. You are not missing anything. Um, so that is tip number two. And tip number three, um, tip number three is going to really require you to be proactive and to be in, t in tune of your purpose so tip number three is to fight back with your pur purpose because oftentimes i find us um when i when i am in different environments having these kind of conversation um these racial debates and all these other things that um what i start to find is that we complain about i don't want to say complain we we discuss about you know the issues that are that are going on but we never kind of end it with a solution and so the solution that i want to give you all is in the process of as we are beginning to heal um that we must we must fight back with our purpose we must fight back with our purpose god has given us given us a purpose for a for a reason okay he knew us before he created us in our mother's womb and so that alone should just stand for that whatever it is that that the role that you are in that your purpose is connected to healing in your community your purpose is connected to um, getting people, um, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, getting people to a space that they need to, that they need to be in. Like your purpose has, has healing within itself. For example, one of the, one of my purpose is to be able to have spaces like this for black people to the black community to start, um, being more knowledgeable about what mental health is and to eradicate the stigma that is associated with it. So you have to fight back with your purpose in order to, to start this healing process because I believe that and the work that you start to do um, as you are doing, as you are working in your purpose, it starts to become therapeutic for you. So let's run that back again. 
Tip number one, find or create a space to discuss your feelings and your thoughts, okay? You want to be in an environment that acknowledge your feelings, okay? Tip number two, turn off the news, all right? So if you may have to deactivate Facebook, you may have to deactivate Twitter, you may have to, you know, delete the app of Instagram off your phone, you may have to kind of turn to another station on, on the television, but you really have to turn off the news of what is going on because you could always find um find situation where racial um racial injustices is is an issue right justice is not being served for example um recently i i learned of of a black um a black boy i believe he was like 18 18 or 21 I don't know, but he was, he, he was young. He's young. And he was sentenced, I believe 10 days in, in jail because he fell asleep because he fell asleep. Um, he, he was, a he fell asleep in court and he was, uh, on, on jury duty. I became so angry and livid and to the point that I was just, I was just all over the place that day. Like, <clears throat> I was all, I was just like, not even that day, but I was really, I felt myself all over the place as far as like, something needs to be done at this very moment. And I found myself to be agitated. And in that moment, once I found myself being agitated, I just turned off, I turned off Twitter. Like I had to delete the app off my phone. Well, I didn't delete the app, but I had to immediately close the app and just go to something that I like to to enjoy so turn off any source of type that any any way that you get your news so tip number three is to fight back with your purpose y'all and i'm like clapping my hands like fight back with your purpose your purpose is going to lead to healing not only for yourself but for those you are are serving and so those are the tip you um you guys that the tips that you could start beginning your healing process of dealing with um racial and injustice. So in closing of today's episode, the mental tip is to find a space or create a space to discuss what you are feeling as it relates to the racial injustices that are happening in the world, all right? Find that space. Find someone you could talk to that can acknowledge how you are feeling. And please join me tomorrow night um, at 8.30 p.m. on Instagram at the How's Your Mental uh, on Instagram for a live conversation of what we talked about. Later, you guys. Love you. Mwah.